Junk Fist in the chat says he doesn't get Elsie. I don't either. I'm not into her. Hmm. She looks to me like, I don't know, like a more grown up like Ellen Page kind of. Like she's cute Elsie and does? everything, but she just doesn't. She freak you out. Why don't you like about her? I don't she know. She, naked no, robots? I don't care that she kisses naked robots, but I also don't understand the point in her character. She's like, nobody's looking. These security cameras are off. Yeah. Come here, Clementine. I just don't get her point Let's per see se. Case citrusy. Welcome back to Without Limits, a Westworld podcast. By LSG Media, I am Dean, and I am joined by Jessica, and we are getting to our second episode of the first season called Chestnut, and I'm looking forward to talking about it. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> As I die. That's terrifying. Um, I am, um, first of all, it's later than we wanted this episode to come out. Yeah, sorry. Um, it's been a bit of a week at the LSG Media Studios and household, and um, well, we're getting it out now, so Thursday's our recording day this week. We're going to have the episode to you by Friday, so you should be listening to this by Friday the 14th, and um, or you're listening to it live with us now, which reminds me, Jessica, this is being recorded live on Mixler. That's Mixler.com slash LSG-media. That's Mixler.com slash LSG-media, where we record just about all of our shows live um, outside of our bonus things, and um, yeah, we get them to you guys as soon as we get them edited and uh all marked up and uh, posted up on the website at libertrygeek.net. That's what we do. That's how we roll. Yeah, it is. So this week we're talking about the second episode of Westworld. But before that, just a little bit of housekeeping on this, that um, we normally are going to be trying to record on Tuesdays. We are. Um, unfortunately, we had a bit of an illness rip through our lives. Jessica got pretty sick, which is sucky. I felt bad for her. So we didn't record on Tuesday. Um, today we had some other medical nonsense going on. Everything's here's the good news. Everybody's okay. Everybody's fine. Um, but it delayed us and, uh, put a huge dent in our day for driving to fucking 45 minutes away from here and back and doing all this other shit. So I apologize. Our intent is to get these out to you guys by Wednesdays at the latest, not be recording them on Thursdays. And, uh, it's doubly annoying because they dropped episode too early. So people have been like, where's the episode, man? I get it. I know. I'm sorry. We suck. It's my fault. We suck. It's but, uh, it's her compromised uh, immune system. I'm not feeling sick anymore. <laughs> I don't have rabies. I'm on antibiotics. And I'm drinking alcohol. So, yay. Oh, damn. Which I don't think you're supposed to do when you start a, an antibiotic cycle, just so you know, which you just started today. So, this is Jessica Oops. making poor choices <laughs> as usual with her health. Um, great. So, anyway, we're here. Let's talk about Chestnut. We're going to do opening impressions. We'll explicate our way through it. We'll get to some possible listener questions, I'm not sure, or listener comments. And then we'll go with our final thoughts. And um, that's it. Jessica, talk to me about your overall impression of Chestnut. We just watched it again for a second time literally minutes ago. It ended, and now we're recording. And I like that. It's fresh in my brain. Yeah, it is. It's not like I had an eight-hour workday in between watching and recording. I hate that. I'm always like, what happened again? <laughs> My memory's so bad for shit like this. It's the worst. Anyway, so talk to me. Give me your initial impressions and and uh, blow these people's hair back with your analysis of Westworld. Okay. I like this episode. I felt like it was a little more um, condensed in a way than the first episode where we weren't going in so many different directions, which means we saw less of people. We saw a lot less Dolores. We saw a lot less Teddy. Sure. Um, we even saw, I felt like, less of what was going on directly outside of Westworld. 
but we also got a different perspective, which was the perspective of a new guest coming in from start to finish, basically, which I was super excited about. I like to see that. And I love Jimmy Simpson. I really, really love this guy. I love everything he's in. There's something about him that I, I don't know what it is. I'm just, I've always just loved him. There's just something about him. You can't pin it down. No, I, I, I really can't. There's something about him that's so real to me where I feel like if I met him, I would just love him in real life. And every character he plays is amazing. And they're so different. I think he's a really good actor. He has a lot of range for sure. He, he really has a lot. Of, if I've you can go from a McPoyle to, you know, <laughs> uh, William in Westworld, you're doing you're doing well. Right. Honestly. And he's in, uh, he's in House of Cards. He's in House of yep. Cards. He, he's he, great in that. He definitely shows a lot of range. With the guy. pet he's, guinea pig. I love it. Yep. I like him too. Anyway, he's awesome. So I was excited about this episode and I... Because of its focus on him. Yeah, I really yeah. like that. And I like the focus of, you know, an outsider coming to Westworld. Now. Finally. That's how I felt the first time I watched it through. <laughs> the second time I watched it through, as we were starting to watch, we're like, what's the name of William's friend? I was just writing asshole bro. When I Googled it, I stumbled upon a theory, which I don't necessarily always do before I podcast. But once I saw it, it could not be unseen. And I am now obsessed with it. Which do you want me to say what my theory is now? Because I'm going to talk about it through the whole podcast. Talk about whatever you think is relevant to Westworld episode two. So Chestnut. you all know, you all went on the internet. You've all read this. It's not new to you. I can list 50 websites. It was on SlashFilm.com, Heavy.com, MoviePhone.com, Vulture.com. They're all talking about it. Anyway, that William is the man in black 30 years ago. And we're back in time here. Hmm. Um, there's one moment in the episode that makes me think it's not true. But other than that, I mean, I'm real high in this theory and I kind of want it to be that. It felt very losty to me, like lost. And I I like I like time travel shit, you know. It's my thing. Um, so I'm really kind of into this theory. I'm curious if that's possible as to what it is. And I definitely want to talk about it throughout the podcast because once I read that, I watched the whole rest of the episode with that in mind and it kind of changed my viewing of it. Um, not in a negative way, in a pretty positive way. I really, I, I like that idea. I like that we could be learning more about the man in black at the same time we're learning about, you know, a guest perspective what do you think um well have you can i know you just thought of it have you even considered what an end game for something like that would be have you mentioned uh, what what are some clues do you want to save that for us I'll, I'll save through? it for as we go but there are a lot of them okay and there's only one moment that i feel like detracts from it honestly did westworld um stay the course or get a little better or get a little worse this week i felt it stayed the course really um, yeah, I don't necessarily feel like got better or worse. The first episode was really big and had a lot to it. It was really exciting. Um, this kind of like ramped back a little and tried to focus more on certain things I felt like. And yeah, sure. while in addition, introducing another character in a very, very character filled ensemble show, um, focusing on different characters this time. But I like that if you have an ensemble, that's how you got to do it. Mm. We saw a lot of Dolores episode one. We're going to get a lot of Maeve today. Gotcha. Et cetera, so on and so forth. So obviously they're the the showrunners are interested in Maeve, the Maeve character and what she has going on because we've gotten a lot from her. Or she could be an early boot uh, to to show us how serious and frightening it can be if you malfunction. So there's there's some stakes going up here for certain characters. Uh, you like you pointed out a few took back seats. How, what what do you think about you know this is something we teased in episode one. How do you feel about the longevity of this show? I know originally you said ah three maybe three seasons was this kind of thing, but do you still feel that way after two episodes or do you feel like there's potential for this to run longer? I feel like there's potential for it to run longer. I feel like there's a lot of potential for it to run too long. Okay. Like longer than it should. Yeah. What, what, it, but it what depends on where some... we're going to go. I see. Because we have two main mystery, not really, but we have two big things. 
we talk about this incident 30 years ago and the man in black has been coming to the park for 30 years. Right. So these two intertwined mysteries to me are, are, are something that we need at the end of the season or sure. we need to be at least real close to it. And the other mystery is basically who is Ford and why is he doing what he's doing? Okay. And those two things are questions I feel like we need to answer in season one or at least get to the beginning of the answer. And then where they go from there in season two is really going to tell you how long the show can go on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think what's fascinating about Westworld at this point, and this really isn't my overall thoughts on Chestnut, but my thoughts on the series overall and two episodes in, which is only two of the, what, 10 hours they have planned. Right. So we're not even, we're not even halfway through. We're not even close. We're a quarter of the way through. Not, not even. even. So the thing I like about Westworld is everyone is interact. It's a self-contained unit. Everybody who interacts with everyone else is, is at Westworld. We don't know what exists, if anything, outside of Westworld. We don't know what neighborhoods look like. We really aren't sure what time period we're in. We can guess because the technology is so advanced, it's easy for us to say, oh, this must be modern or some sort of near future where we've figured out how to make these things. Uh, it's not necessarily that we're thinking this is some past thing. But the original movie came out in the 70s, which lends a little bit of thought to maybe the man in black being this William character. I don't, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I don't know what the point of that would be, but it's just been presented. So I'm real high and I don't care what the chat says. There's a lot going on in the show. Uh, there's a lot of mystery, uh, a lot to be discovered. And I want that. I want it to matter to the show. I don't want there to be mystery for mystery's sake. I want it to matter somehow to the plot in the end. I like, I've heard ideas that, uh, there's a lot There's a lot of interest I have for Ford now. I didn't know much about the show going in, but now that Ford, i.e. Anthony Hopkins, is sticking around, I'm excited that he's still around, that they didn't get rid of him. I didn't know if he was going to be, you know, he's expensive. He's not a cheap actor. I didn't know how long he was going to be around. I haven't looked. I don't know how many episodes he's credited for. So now that I'm hearing he's going to be around a little bit, and he is a mystery. He is as mysterious to me as the man in black. Everyone else seems less mysterious to me because their motives seem clear. And I think that's what's interesting about the show. The man in black has mysterious motivations, something about a deeper level to a game. I've been coming here for 30 years. There's more to this game. We learn about the blood of Royal and all this shit we're going to get to later. So we don't really know what motivates him except the quote unquote deeper level of the game. Now, we're not sure really what motivates Ford. He's been a bit He's been very enigmatic about the way he talks about things. Uh, the pinnacle of human achievement. Uh, this great mistake that these people, that we are what we are. Uh, the motivation of guys like Bernard and Elsie and, the, and, and, and Teresa seem fairly straightforward. And that is, they're trying to do the jobs that they seemingly have been appointed to do at this Westworld theme park, which is to do your jobs. You got a behavior guy. You got a guy who writes narratives. You got a guy who fixes shit. You got a guy who sprays off their fucking corpses. You got guys who treat MRSA. You have guys who have different functions. And their motivation, to me, seems clear. Now, we have Ford, who I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. The, the end of this episode is so fascinating to me. The idea of introducing some sort of religious element to this. But part of me starts to take a step back and think, is Ford... Is it possible that although Ford seems to be this benevolent leader, this kind genius who has these whimsies about just let us make our mistakes, let things happen, 
does he have a more nefarious motivation here to be some sort of godlike character? I mean, to introduce religion to this setting, I think, is a major step. I think there's something important uh, about that that is fascinating. It, it tells me, like, whoa, is Ford trying? Well, he's introducing this to really take these robots to the next level because they don't really have this perspective outside of themselves. And that's where religion makes right. them, you, what's going to happen? What, what will be the end result? of him introducing this at the end. And there's, there's a lot of questions there to be asked. And, you know, that's when you have these lofty ideas with artificial life, uh, self-awareness, some sort of consciousness, and these mysteries, which most savvy TV watchers, which our listeners are, and in a lot of the internet are, we are learning that, ooh, who's a robot and who isn't? Is Ford the only human? Is Ford the only human? Is that possible? Are the robots working on the other robots, more advanced versions of the robots? What? There's a lot of theories going around, a lot of people wondering, a lot of what ifs. And uh, you could really, you could talk about that all night. I don't really want to do that here. I just want to talk about how some of this stuff that happens in Chestnut may relate to some of the building blocks that are making this show what it is and what exactly is going on. And that's what we need to know. We don't want to spend too many episodes world building with no real plot. We just have a lot of mysterious hooks and mysterious curiosities that the characters are getting wrapped up in. And then we're seeing how they respond to those hooks and things. Are they going to be connected? Is it going to be this disjointed bunch of vignettes that never really roll into one thing? So they got a lot of work. They have their work cut out for them. They have my attention though. I'm interested. I think there's a lot going on. I think it's a fun show and I'm, I really dig it. Like you, I think there's potential to go multiple seasons with this and I don't want to put the cart ahead of the horse, but there is a lot of pressure. There's a, you know, on a meta perspective, there's a going to be a power. There's going to be a, not a power, but there's going to be a, a dramatic power vacuum. <laughs> when Game of Thrones is over, will Westworld have been, will, will, will Westworld be able to establish itself as the rightful successor when Game of Thrones is gone? Are they going to put enough into this to make it that deep? Are, are, are the ideas presented going to pay off? And that's what I am really intrigued by, and I hope they deliver. So with that, let's dive right into episode two, Chestnut. The photograph alone couldn't have caused that level of damage to Abernathy, not without some other uh, outside interference. You think it's sabotage? You imagine someone's been... Diddling with our creations? It's the simplest solution. Huh. Mr. Arkham's razor. The problem, Bernard, is that what you and I do is so complicated. We practice witchcraft. We speak the right words. And we create life itself. Out of chaos. So just... So, Dean. Let's go right to the beginning of this episode. And this is something that you love. You love these bookends. Oh, it's my favorite. Right? It does it again. We start with Dolores. We end with Dolores. Uh, that says something about how they feel about Dolores. That's why I said it's possible Maeve could just be somebody who... Maybe, maybe she's some sort of guinea pig to show us how dangerous Westworld can be if you are a host that malfunctions. Mm -hmm. And you're not savvy enough to hide from that she could be 
Maeve could be there to elevate the dramatic stakes for somebody like Dolores. But well, we already know. had we'll Abernathy see. get shut off. I know. So I feel like we already had somebody kind of elevate those it's stakes. It's true. They it's will true. just get rid of somebody. Mm-hmm. Well, he's we, gone. We I can't wait for us to wonder what's going to happen to Maeve. But so wake up Dolores. She walks into the night. Do you remember? Yes. I, I like this. But again, these are opposite bookends than our first episode where now Dolores is waking up just like usual, except it's nighttime. Sure. Do you remember? Interesting. Interesting indeed. So William speaks with the host about social anxiety. So this is um this is some rich guy's wife, this woman I I found out. In real life? Yeah. Oh, I'm like she's actually a host at Westworld. Right. She's not so, a rich girl's wife at all. No, no, no. In real <laughs> in real life. life, okay. We should probably look that up. Can you look that up? So William speaks you. with the host I'm talking. William speaks with the host about social anxiety. She wants to know his limits. I thought you couldn't get hurt here, to which she responds, only the right amount. She's flirting with him and stuff like that, but figuring out how it works is half the fun. William goes through this costume room. Before that, can I just make a point of a note I made? So I'm taking these notes, and she's asking what he's afraid of and all these different things. He's like, oh, not much, except a fear of clowns. And I laughed, and I was like, huh, that's relevant because of all the clowns out there now. And now I'm like, no, this was 30 years ago and he's the man in black. So as you can see, when I took this note, I hadn't Googled yet and found this theory. Yeah. How old do you think he is here? Because the man in black looks real old. Well, guess what? I just happened to Google it. And Jimmy Simpson is 40 years old and Ed Harris is 65. So what do you know? They're 25 years apart. Interesting. All right. I win. Just kidding. Well, I'm going to enjoy everything I can get in this podcast with this theory theory that I'm now obsessed with. Oh, and then it'll be proven wrong on Sunday. Before we go any further, well, how did you feel about the disturbing lack of milk this week? I was very... Oh, I was thrilled, honestly. Personally, I was very upset about this. If this is your first time listening to Without Limits, what you don't realize is is that Jessica has an aversion to milk. And I don't know what her problem is, <laughs> but she was very concerned that milk was going to be... Like a main part of the show. A main part of the show because of the way they milk, milk them, the way they make <laughs> them in this milky substance. Well, although although... There was no milk. There was some bourbon. There was no milk in this episode. I happened to bring something along for this podcast. Ew, get the... Oh, my God. Here we go. Got it right here, guys. I got some Garlic Farms Dairy Pure. This is for John Marginson. Oh, my God. It's whole milk. I want to... The Game of Thrones producer for LSG Media. And... um, Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm so glad this is not on film because I'm embarrassed. And, um, yeah, this might not be good radio, but I'm going to have a sip of this whole milk, by the way. <laughs> oh, my God. There it is, a little sip. So thick. Oh, God. That was for you, Jess. Milk was How a bad How long has that milk been sitting in this room? It's probably warm. Just an hour. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, that's for you. So let's move on. I'm vomiting. Can you put it so I can All right, I just want to make sure I can't see it. I can't. I'm not going to drink it the whole time because I don't want you to make that noise for an hour because everyone will unsubscribe. <laughs> Oh, my God. One star review. Why is Jessica vomit about milk? What, what, All right, what are so, you waving your arms at me for? Because we got to get moving. You just drank milk for two minutes. It was delicious. All right. Was there anything else you want to say about this stuff? Oh, I don't know. I like that she tries to seduce him. and He's like, no, I'm a good guy. Yeah, this is um, he's different. This is uh, this is a different character. I think we're just establishing right away that he's not like most people that go to Westworld. He's obviously not like his friend Logan. Uh, he asks about the guns. You can't kill anyone you're not supposed to, she reminds him. And then William asks for a changing room. She offers to help step outside. Again, the flirting, everything like that. She starts to put on his shirt, offers to fuck him, essentially. 
Yeah. He's not feeling it. I don't want to keep my friend waiting. His uh, friend is banging broads right now. Yeah. And uh, she just says, of course, and walks away. She's cool. She doesn't get her feelings hurt because she's a host. Right. Uh, we we So we're really here. We're just really establishing that William is a little bit different. He's a nice guy. Hmm. We, move over to, we move over to Bernard and Elsie, right? She's El- still thinking about Abernathy. Yeah, and she should. So Elsie thinks that maybe Abernathy mulled over the photograph. And that concerns her, that it would be in his mind enough for him to think about it for an extended period of time. Why do you think she's concerned with that versus it just being, because obviously she thinks it's more, right? Right. She thinks it's more. This is something that has never really happened before in this manner. And she was fascinated by these reveries to begin with. Right. And she's starting to think, is there something else? She's concerned with him. She wants to rebuild him. Bernard shuts that down. She also says, fine, then we're going to shut down anyone who had contact with him, including Dolores, because it could be contagious. And he shuts that down, too, because him and Dolores are doing secret shit. Yeah. So we got an email from somebody about reveries, and I'm going to read it, and I'd like your take on it, Jess. So pay attention. Stop typing. So we got an email from a guy named John Myers who said, Hi, guys. Enjoy the Without Limits Westworld podcast. Just one comment to make. Something that's been bugging me after listening to your show and many others that cover the first episode. Everyone seems to be making the same mistaken assumptions concerning the reverie gestures that the hosts were programmed to make by Ford. The point that is actually being made needs to be understood to have the proper perspective going forward with the overarching plot. He then says that point is that the reveries are simply gestures that have been programmed to make the hosts look like they're accessing meaningful memories, but they are not actually accessing memories. He's saying that 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 distinction needs to be made. Mm -hmm. None of the programmers and scientists think it would be a good idea for the robots to access former memories uh, where was I? Former memories at any time, not even during a period of time before their memories are wiped. Now, what is really going on behind the scenes with Ford and his mistakes, whether he is really allowing the robots to access memories with this particular program, is that is what is at uh, stake for the future of the plot. But I've heard so many podcasters state that these reveries are program moments in which the hosts can access bits of other, other memories in order to make them look more lifelike. I'm 99% sure that is not what is happening or meant to be happening. It's all just a show for the guests. The guests are supposed to look at the gestures and register them as being more lifelike. Okay. that's what, That was his take on it. That's certainly possible. And yep. perhaps some of them are being programmed with a mistake of sorts where they are actually accessing past memories. And that's mm-hmm. where we're seeing these problems come in, especially what's happening with Maeve where she's clearly accessing a past memory. Sure. Um, it's, it's, make, it's pretty clear now that memories are being accessed versus just looking like they're supposed to be accessed. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, I thought it was an interesting point and worth reading. I don't know if anything else you want to say about that. I responded to him. He never responded back. Oh, but um, That's interesting, though. Thanks for the email anyway, John. I appreciate that. I like uh, when people insight. correct me when I say stuff that's wrong. Honestly. It's, it's theoretical, right? It's not explicitly stated yet. Or maybe it was. So anyway. That's, that, that, I guess that would make... Yeah, that makes sense. And maybe these mistakes... All right, all right. I can get on board with that. All right. I'm on okay. board. You're on board? Yeah. So Elsie thinks that maybe Apple nothing molded over. She wants to pull Dolores because of his contact with her. She's concerned that if this isn't a single episode, that it, of course, could be contagious. So she's trying to quarantine this shit before it gets out of hand. Now, let me ask you something, Jessica. Do you think that, and I feel like this was teased, do you think that Ford is programming these mistakes purposely and then attempts yes. to let them try to evolve yes 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 right. yes and he's not being superly explicit about it. he's letting his team sort of struggle except for bernard right there's there's a more 
talk about that. Tight knit relationship there, but not sexual. That's Bernard and Teresa. Right. That's quite sexual. For sure. Although I feel like it would be boring. What? Their sex life. I don't know. We'll get there. He could program the shit out of her. Because she's a robot. She could manage or the shit. Or is she a robot? Who knows? So let's talk about Dolores and Sweetwater. Yeah, she's just walking through the town. She's walking. She she is walking and hears remember in her head again. She has a vision of a bunch of dead people, a lone wolf trotting across the street. I love this imagery. I don't care about anything. I love wolves, obviously. They're like dogs. And there's yeah. some there's so go into the wolf go into the wilderness and try to pet one like a dog. I, see what happens. I you know I used to pet sit for a woman who had wolf hybrids and they were the coolest things in the world. Little different. They were so awesome. They would jump in the sky and just kill birds and like climb fences. But then they were like dogs. It was really cool. Anyway, not because I just love wolves, but there's something about this imagery of all the dead bodies and that one live wolf running through. We've seen it in every preview and every preview. I'm like, I love this imagery. And I still do. Do you think it means anything? I mean, why show a wolf? I hope it does. I hope that we'll not what I'm see asking. him again. I'm asking if you have any theories. I, I don't. Okay, I don't really either. To be honest, I was not expecting to see this scene in this moment. Right, you thought it was later? Yes. Hey, we'll probably see it again. I, I'm thinking that as well. If it's in fact a memory being accessed by Dolores. That's possible. So Maeve interrupts her, right, saying you can't stand her here. It's false advertisement, basically. You're too yeah. beautiful. She's like, not even her. She's like, you're too, like... Uh, these violent delights have violent ends, Dolores tells her. Again, this phrase continues to come up. Um, there was uh, some theories going around on the internet about uh, some of the the decision to use some of these Shakespeare quotes were to almost replace biblical quotes in a sense to, um, I don't know, add this, how do I want to say it, uh, almost to replace the idea to not put off like people who were religious viewers but to access a certain part of Ford's personality to showcase his personality in that. Well, right. And we and we know that, I mean, he's not programming at this point them to have this religious background, but he has programmed them to be interested in literature in the past. Sure. And maybe not in any of Dolores' storylines, but we know Abernathy had that storyline. Um, oh, that's very human, right? To be re- to be interested in, in your past, right? To, to reflect upon what you did yesterday sure yeah to to wonder to reason that's something animals don't really do right i mean i don't know my animals are so it's kind of neat i I like that like i like the idea of him he's really trying to make them as human as possible and i like this dolores seems almost she's still out of sorts when she says this to Maeve, and then she snaps out of it and she's dolores again yeah she shuts her eyes opens her eyes and then she's dolores Dolores. walking through the park but there's something about it where Maeve's like not like that was fucking weird dolores what a weirdo She's like... It resonates with Maeve. It's, she's shaken by right. it, I would which concur. I like. But I feel like if Dolores said that to maybe somebody else in the park, their reaction would be like, what the hell's going on with Dolores today? Like, honestly, like Teddy. I feel like he's a dumb robot. I'm just Think saying. So? Yeah, poor James Marsden. He is just dumb and gets killed all the time. Well, I think that these violent delights have violent ends. Acts is some sort of uh, like a namshub, like almost like a magical phrase. Yeah. And it because Maeve is fine in this episode, presumably up in, uh, until after her interaction, right? Because it we learn that she her she's shaken like you said, and then she starts to have these memories. So it's almost like Dolores passed this to her, like it is contagious, just like Elsie had right guessed. Which I I like that theory that perhaps this is contagious, and perhaps it can be passed from host to host and. 
maybe that's the key word. And maybe next episode, we're going to see Maeve see this to somebody and see how they react to it. What I think is so fascinating about this is is we we tend to think of contagions as these invisible creatures, these bacteria or these viruses that invisibly uh, come into contact with us by way of someone else, and then they do something to us, and we don't ever really see them unless we have a microscope, and it's a contagion. But it's also important to note that lots of different things can be contagious, uh, to use that word loosely, in their own way. When you listen to a musical verse, a lot of times it will have the same effect on everyone that's hearing it in that moment if it's some sort of minor key sad music. Or a comedian tells a joke and he is essentially using his voice to make everyone laugh and smile. It's this it's a different type of contagion. And part of me wonders, is this what we're doing here? Like is is Dolores deliberately, deliberately saying this to Maeve to get Maeve thinking because Dolores is going through this like rebellious thing in her head. We don't know that yet. And I think that's something we're supposed to be questioning at this point is how cognizant Dolores is of what she's doing or the fact that she's different. Like how much does she actually know? How much does she remember? How much is she faking? Right. I like it. So we talk about, Will. let's talk about William. Uh, He gets dressed up. Hello, cowboy. There is one final touch. Which would you prefer? She shows him the hat choices. And of course he picks what I like to call the good guy hat. The white hat. Right. We see a pretty distinct difference between him and Logan in their dress. Yes, and and there's something we get a this real specific scene of him looking at all the hats, all the black eyed ones, and all the white and the other, and then we don't see him choose, but we see him walking down the hall with the. There's a lot of significance put on this. Him taking the white hat. Just saying, people. Yep, he's a good guy. Right. I mean, you you we've we've seen the black hatted man in black. uh, Who. Logan's dressed like, but that's just to throw you off, guys. No, but I think that it's important to note that it is significant. It is not a throwaway moment where he's walking down the hall having selected. It's almost like you can take the light or the dark side. Yeah, exactly. He chose the light side by going for the white hat. It's not an accident that they made this sort of ritualistic moment. The final piece is the hat. before you enter Westworld is the hat. What is up with that? Why make that the final... Think of Ford setting this whole thing up. The hat is the last thing you pick on the way in. There's a significance to that. It's not just like, oh, here's a bunch of hats. Here's some gun belts. Here's some boots. Here's some slacks. Here's some shirts. Here's a couple of those weird ties. Here's a couple of vests. It's literally another room of hats with all of one color on one side and all of one color on the other side. And different styles, you got a derby, you got like a a Stetson, you got all these different types of hats. And uh, I think that that is fucking brilliant. Yes. And it matters. I agree. Um, He proceeds to the end of the hall, and this is where we see the the setting, I guess, for lack of better words, of Westworld beginning. And by the way, there's a lot of talk about how the Westworld um, logo in these scenes with William is different than the Westworld logo we see in like... Lee's office or somebody else's office, but that we've seen with our current guys working on the robots in definitely present day time, um, that there is a difference in the logo. So just going to throw that out there too. Right, right. I gotcha. So he's given some whiskey. He walks through this period door I wrote and emerges in a Western setting. He, he's just a saloon, right it seems. in the middle. It feels saloony for sure. And uh, he's just sort of hanging out, doing his thing. Then his asshole bro arrives. Logan. Zipping up his pants because he just banged a bunch of broads. Yep. What a tool. <laughs> Q 
can you believe this place? They wonder how they get to the park and then realize that they're actually on a train. It's moving. We see the light sway to and fro. This was such a nice touch. What a great immersion. What a great idea to walk you into this. And this is the, in fact, the train taking you to where you want to go. Yeah, I like it a lot. And one of the things Logan says, and this could be foreshadowing to some of the theories you've mentioned, Jessica. Mm -hmm. I can't fucking wait to meet that guy. Logan says about yes. William. Who he really is. Um, he says this place seduces everyone and answers the question who you really are. Sure. Let's talk about uh, the man in black and uh, the Logan hanging. Lawrence, you mean? Lawrence. Logan's just being a douche <laughs> and banging broads. Right. So the man in black shows up to this hang and he interrupts this little posse party. Yeah, they're going to just kill this bro. No big deal. He did bad shit. Yep. Uh, he has business with, with, uh, with Lawrence and doesn't care much for the posse that is about to hang the man that he is interested in. And then we get this gunfight erupt, but the way they shoot this is clever. They zoom right in on Lawrence blindfolded, and we don't jumping, see any of that. jumping at the sounds of the gun. Like every time there's a shot, he sort of flinches. We don't see it. We know what happened. The men in black mentions that, hey, I found, I knew, I know how to find you because of your friend, your pal Kissy. But he also mentions that they know each other. Right. Which Shows him the scalp, of course, and starts to talk about the maze that is literally drawn on the inside of that scalp, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Hmm. Weird. That's not an accident. Why have a maze on the inside of a scalp? I do not know the answer to that. Weird, right? Because Ford is fucking crazy and who knows what he's doing. Yeah, I'm looking forward to what the thought process there is. So we uh, we get him dragging his boy because he wants to, uh, you know, deepest part of this game, you're going to help me find the entrance. So the man in black's interest is in finding the entrance to the, quote, deeper part of this game, mm -hmm. end quote. We shoot over to Maeve, and this is where Maeve uh, has her issue. Trying to seduce a young man. She's talking about the story, her story, her past, her story, how she came to be here. Uh, and then she has this memory of what looks like Indians attacking Yeah, being people. attacked by Native Americans is what we call American them. Indians. Um, it causes her to pause it, in the middle of this. She, she's physically disturbed by this and stops. When she tries to catch herself again... Too Dude late. is not interested anymore. Too late. He's he going to bang somebody else because all these bitches are going to bang everybody because that's their job. Right. That is their job. They're robots. Exactly. That's what they do. They bang people. 40, 40K a day. I better get some action. No. Um, but let's remind ourselves what we just talked about. We just talked about how Dolores said this phrase to Maeve. And in Maeve's very next scene, she, quote, malfunctions by mm -hmm. way of memory. So Elsie, I think, was there to... For the cheap seats, what if this spreads? That's precisely what it's doing. It, it's spreading in a way. Right. And we know that she's getting inspected. They decide to bump her aggression. They hope it fixes her. Yeah, they she's a hooker, they say. Make her more aggressive. They just patchwork her because they don't want to pull her whole model right now. But if this doesn't work, they will. That's right. We head back over to Bernard and Ford. You taught me how to make them, but not how hard it would be to turn them off. So we see Bernard uh, expressing some empathy for these machines, uh, rendering them disabled. I mean, this is, we've talked about this before. If you get mad at your iPhone and, and smash it, nobody feels bad for the iPhone because we don't really anthrop anthropomorphize an iPhone. But if your iPhone looked like a puppy, <gasps> it would be a lot different. Yeah. Right? So that's what's fascinating about this. We see the effect this has on Bernard. And I wonder if they have to, I wonder if there's like a counseling. Like, I wonder, I wonder how hard this becomes uh, it's obviously he's been doing this job for a long time and they've had to decommission before and he's just reflecting on how difficult that is with Ford. Yeah, I, I imagine that 
despite them being robots, I'm sure it's like any type of job where you deal with death. Sure. Right. And, and some people, I think, become very desensitized and some people are always more emotionally. Well, tell me about your experience because you deal, you work in an animal hospital. Let's, I do. Let's not go off on a huge tangent, but on, uh, you know, you, you are there to assist a lot of these animals that, that maybe were, would not survive. And then you have the, I call it unfortunate, but almost the necessary task to help these owners and their animals and these animals who are, who cannot be saved die without pain. Like that's, I mean, that is a fucking, I applaud you for that. So, so what's your take? I mean, it's animals. It's going to be different, but not really. I mean, no, oh, it's animals not. are actually alive. These, yeah. And they're these, awesome. So like what you don't, you're not, you're not desensitized to it. No, but no. you're a pro, you know, right. I need to be a professional right now and help this owner. Right. Right. And, and there is a, there's a, a real, um, it runs a gamut of different types of people. There are people who are very desensitized. Sure. Um, there was somebody who told me they go in there and they think about food right. during things like this. So they're not thinking about what they're doing. So they attempt to distract themselves. Right. There are I people see. who are so emotionally have a hard time even doing it. Okay. And then there's kind of people who are, I guess, more in my, um, class, which is, um, I find it very emotional and I think that that's okay. And I think that's the right thing to do, mm -hmm. but I keep myself in the moment without sure. being too, oh, I can't possibly do this. But it's the same feeling when you're like, gosh, it's so hard. We make these things, we build them, we watch them grow in right. a way, and right. then we have to shut them off. Sure, I'm sure that's the same way any medical professional who goes through that type of things must feel because these things are essentially human. Mm -hmm. Right, right, yeah. Uh, there, there's a, there's a, I, I, there's, so, so what you said I think is important. You said I feel this emotion and I'm okay with that, but I am a pro, Am I paraphrasing you well, correctly? Yeah, I mean, I didn't say I was a pro, but no, I know you didn't, but but you are. You you you're not ashamed of the fact that it, you do feel something, but you press on. You do what you have to do because at the end of the day, you know it's the right thing. Right, it's the greater good, but isn't in this situation? It's, it's different. different, right? Because, uh, but maybe not because if there is an issue with the one, and it will affect the others. That's true. Right, but this comes back to the whole point of Westworld: is the anthropomorph anthrop. Help me with that word. Anthropomorphized. Yes, when we we are we there's a hierarchy. Okay, I know Joe Rogan's talked about this on his podcasts, and I don't want to copy him, but it's the reality. And he says we have this hierarchy of animals. Like if you if your neighbor was like eating kittens, you'd be like the fuck. But another country might eat cats. But yeah, plenty of another, people trying to eat dogs. It's really fucked up. But well, you just judge the whole culture. But that's yeah, okay. I do. Um, but I'm just saying that it is. We do have a hierarchy, and I think it's. Be I think a lot of it has to do with the ability to emotionally connect with an expression that we see on a face. Right. Right. Like an alien. Like a fucking fish looks like an alien. Yeah. And when we see people like chopping fish up, we don't care. But if that fish looked like a little miniature person, we would emotionally connect with that. When you look at a dog that is sad, you can see it's sad. You yeah. can read that. If you look at a fucking grasshopper, I'm not saying it, it 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 has its life is less valuable. I'm just saying we don't connect with it the same way because we don't empathize with what we see in its eyes. Right, and eyes that, are the window to the soul, as they right, say. Correct, and that brings us back to Westworld, which is this fascinating idea that these people look and smell and feel and fuck and talk and, and everything like humans. How it would be really hard. And I always joke around saying, "Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna blow everyone away and fuck everybody." I'm I'm kidding, like. I, I would no, probably tend to be more like William. I'd be like, I think I'm going to try to bang one of these robots for sure, but I'm going to try to do it the right way. Like I'm going to try <laughs> to like do something, I'm going to try to do some heroic thing or what have you. 
Right. I, I, I think I, think I, I just want to like I, sit at the bar and ask people their stories, but that's just me. Yeah. It would be, it's easy to, you could theorize what you think you would do, but until you're face to face with something that looks exactly and behaves exactly like a human, which begs the fucking question, you know, you, the man in black says at one point, you guys are scenery. You're, that's all you are. You're just, you're, you're here for us. That's mm-hmm. it. And Logan obviously feels the same way. And so oh, there were yeah, a lot yeah. of people that go to Westworld. But my thought process is this. If they are programmed, and this is something that gets into data and Star Trek and all this shit. If they are programmed to feel and react the way they're feeling something, how do you know they don't have the same physical and or programmed emotional response by way of how it makes their body feel when something terrible happens? Mm-hmm. Like when you stab a guy's fucking hand, yes, he's a robot. But if he if he is designed so well that he feels that pain, you're starting to tread some moral thin ice here. Right. Right. I agree. If it's feeling, if it's if it's a fucking robot like Data who doesn't feel anything, you fucking shoot him up and he just stands there. He's like, oh, hello. You have damaged this part of my thorax fucking cavity. <laughs> he doesn't feel it the same way. He, I mean, I know there's an episode where he says, oh, I, I you know, I know I'm being injured. So it respond. It tells me that I should stop being injured. That's an evolutionary trait. You put your hand on a fucking grill. You pull your hand away because your tissue is being annihilated by fire. If your tissue wasn't being annihilated by fire, it wouldn't hurt, right? Right. It's telling you, don't let your tissue get annihilated by fire. So pull your fucking hand away, dum-dum. It's a, it's a survival mechanism, pain. Right. So it's weird in this case. They want them to be so realistic that they respond in, with, with, by feeling pain. But I'm of, the, I'm of the belief that Ford probably made them so well that they literally feel pain based on the way they are designed as people. And that's freaky. That makes it a real weird morality. Right. I just started thinking about this this episode. Um, so I apologize for my wacky brainstorm. And I'm going to move past it. But something to think about as the series progresses. For sure. So you taught me how to make them, but not how hard it would be to turn them off. You can't play God without being acquainted with the devil, Ford responds. Interesting that we're going to talk about devil and the God now. Mm-hmm. The devil and the God or the devil and God. Or they discussed the, the photograph. Bernard doubts... he. Bernard is not convinced that the photograph alone could cause the damage yes. because the sophistication of the programming in his mind is beyond that. Right. Ford asks if he thinks it's sabotage, which is ironic because Ford might be the one sabotaging it. Yeah, probably. I would guess. Bernard says that it is the simplest solution. And Ford says we practice witchcraft. We speak the right words and we create life out of chaos. This I love true. this scene. This is good stuff. Bernard and Ford have a great dynamic. I agree. We move right back to William and Logan Logan at Sweetwater. They head into town. We see some similar shots from Teddy's walkthrough. But different. Bumps into the guy. Very different because there's no Teddy. Teddy didn't get off the train. Mm-hmm. Teddy didn't bump into this guy. No, but the guy was there to be bumped into. Right, but Teddy's not here. Right. When we walk by where before they were like, let's go find Hector in the woods. Now there's people recruiting for war. Right. This is important because we know Lee changed the narratives. Or this is important because it's 30 years ago and it's a different narrative ah. because this is the man in black. Okay. Because maybe the narrative. Bam. Because the narrative was obviously different then. Right. And the narrative, that the, the, the clue here is Lee presents the narrative at the end of this. What the hell does he call it? Red River Blood. Od- Odyssey. Place. Odyssey on Red River. So we know Odyssey on Red River hasn't been created yet. So that's not what this is. Maybe this is just patchwork because of the failure of Hector. It's cer- it certainly could Possibly. be patchwork because or, of um, what had happened before. Or it could have been an old storyline. Like a pre-Teddy storyline. Because again, where's Teddy? Where's Teddy? Why is he just not here? I'm curious about this. I like it. We don't see Teddy in any of the scenes with William. 
The only kicker is... And we don't see the man in black either. But wait a second. Don't okay. we see... Right, I know we don't, but we do see Dolores, who we know is old. We know she's been around a while. We also see Maeve. But, right. We do, let me ask. And Clementine as well. Tongue. We see all three of them. Do we see, do we see Dolores have one of her mental lapses? That's my problem. That's my one thing That's that the one flaw me. in the whole theory. Mm-hmm. Unless she's had mental lapses 30 years ago. If she's been around and forever. this is possible, too, that perhaps possible. they've always been messing with Dolores and Dolores has always been more aware and this is some long con. It's certainly possible. But that was the moment where I felt like my theory was real thrown it's off. It's not your theory, but a theory you well, support. It's my theory now. <laughs> um, also, um, his friend says, watch where you're going, Grizzly Adams. So I Googled Grizzly Adams to see how old it was and it's from the early 70s. Just to make sure it wasn't from like 1990, because I would also throw off my theory, technically, although this could be set way in the future, but whatever, either way. So new narrative, Civil War stuff. They talk about how big the park is. Logan says uh, he has never reached the end. William tries to help the eye patch man. Logan doesn't let him. They're trying to sell you on the next big adventure. They aren't going anywhere. We see Dolores. She sees her reflection, gives herself pause, which gives the theory pause. Do we directly go from them to Dolores? Dolores? Like there's no cut? Mm -hmm. We go, we see Dolores, she sees her reflection, and then we go, do you remember our last conversation? Okay. You didn't tell anyone? my problem. How many encounters? 138. Has anyone altered you in that time? No. Don't mention the things we have discussed. Have Have I I done done something wrong? Good question. No, I find it fascinating, but others won't see it that way. And then she says, have you done something wrong? That's huge. I like that a lot. Bernard erases the event log. You should be getting back. Now you're thinking it's possible that these that the these two scenes are just not related. I mean, it's the scene with Bernard obviously can't be if it's going to go with the theory that um, William is the man in black, right? And if, if we're William, talking Bernard, isn't right. right? I got you. Unless they're all from the seventies, but I don't think that's the case. <laughs> then we're getting real fucking crazy because they specifically talked about the man in black, so that's actually impossible. So right, uh, it should be noted here as the chat is telling us uh, junk fists. Said Bernard got spooked by how perceptive she's getting. I agree, not just her perspective, her how how perceptive she is, but how empathetic she is. Right. Have you done something wrong? Is everything okay? She's sort of saying. Mm-hmm. Have I done something wrong? Uh, a concern for what she may have done that affected someone else. That's not very robot-like, unless you're programmed. Right. And didn't she? He he said to her, "Go into like um whatever mode." So that she could just answer, I had 138 encounters. Did anyone alter you? Right. So we go back over to Maeve. She's telling her story again with a little more gumption. This time she gets real frisky. She gets real frisky with this woman. Real scared looking woman. The woman blows her off. Maeve orders a glass of sherry. Maeve and Clementine chat about nightmares. Mm -hmm. So when you find yourself in a bad dream, count backwards from three. Wake yourself right up. Nice and warm and safe in your bed where you can get fucked back to sleep in your warm bed with their miniature packers. Cheers. Cheers. (laughs) love uh, you know what i love saloon girl wisdom sure i love saloon girl wisdom so good may have recounts the uh uh american in i'm just saying she doesn't recount out of here um oh no no she she thinks of the flashback a flash of a child we think as well teddy asks if she's okay because she clearly isn't because teddy's here now because we're at a different time frame right by the way you're not going to see William in this scene. In the control room, we see Stubbs ordering Clementine to take over the madam. Now, this made me think a lot. Okay. I didn't even consider this as an option. This was very Matrix to me. I need to know how to fly a helicopter. He gets the helicopter program in his head, right? This is, this is limitless here. The fact that they could simply switch their personalities 
by way of the control room and have Clementine become the madam. Just like that. And Maeve become the regular girl. Boom. Just a switcheroo. We don't see that play out other than we see Clementine sort of go and like activate into that role. We don't see how it plays out. But does this not give you more insane possibilities if you can if you can simply pluck one personality out, pluck another personality out of another host and then swap them around? We know they can do this because they replaced Abernathy with a new dad for Dolores. So we know that they right. can do this. But to see it happen live was fascinating. I love this. There are a lot of possibilities here. You could switch Dolores and fucking Clementine. You could switch... You could switch Teddy and whoever. Like, I like this a lot. I think that there is a lot of potential here to get real wacky with the story when things start to heat up. Agreed. I like it a lot. I like that they can do it that quickly. They don't have to pull them out. They don't have to do anything. Right. So Bernard and Teresa, Bernard assures Teresa that he isn't concerned with Abernathy and that the hosts are all back to normal. Yeah, and I'm like, they're going to bang later for sure. <laughs> William and Logan eat. You're wondering how to tell them from us. Logan draws a pistol. He says this would be the quickest way to find out. Logan, of course, is stopped by William. And Logan says, that's your problem. You want, you never want to make a mess. Mm-hmm. The man with the eye patch comes back over. He offers William an opportunity of a lifetime, treasure, I maps, just, adventure. I just want to mention they talk a lot about that they work together. They're the yes. same way at work. Talented, driven, inoffensive. Uh, who William is, is very important. He's very important to the story, whether he's the man in black or not. Like there's something really, really important about him. And this mysterious, like, these guys work together. We don't know what they do. We hear about how he's a certain way at work, but Logan believes there's more to sure. him, that he's something different. And I, and I like that description. He's talented, driven, and inoffensive. It, it's really interesting to me, and, and I, I just think that this is going to become very important, and I don't know how it's going to tie into everything else, but it, it's, it's important. He's he's going to be real important. No, obviously. Yeah, it's... um. A lot of the a lot of the setup for this episode was we even in the beginning when he's getting dressed he's getting his stuff on the whole idea is pushing the limit right right how much of your limits can you push here at Westworld what can you what will you sink to yeah and it's going to be so many words man in black I like it until Sunday night when you find out that Logan is somebody totally I mean William's totally somebody different and everyone makes fun of me no, or. <laughs> um, so yeah then uh, I patch guy thing, comes by the over way. we have yet to see the man in black interact with a human. This is correct. Right? We've yet to see him interact with a human. This is correct. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I do find that this guy, the eye patch guy or whatever, gold hunter guy, we don't see him in any of our other storylines. This is, we didn't see him in any of the stuff in the beginning. We never saw him in those earlier scenes with Dolores and Teddy. Again, he could just be an old model that's been retired. Right. Just saying. We get a hard cut over to... Oh, uh, stab him with the fork. Don't forget that part. Yep. Stabs him with a fork. And then they leave a hard cut to Logan banging a girl with another girl and a guy in the bed. Yeah, lots of people in this banging. That's, it was very Game of Thrones esque, very that, Red Viper. <laughs> that was very. Um, that was a uh, a preview. I recall the the, the naughty preview. One hundred percent trailer, and I was like, "Yeah, Westworld looks like fun." Except get that dude out of here. Um, unless he's giving me high fives, put a shirt on. Bro. Peter Baelish was like standing in the background of that, like, "Oh, very good. My brothel's doing well." <laughs> so. Uh, Oh, Clementine tries to have sex with William, and then he says what? Well, first, he's sitting in bed, and he's cleaning blood off his white hat. Ah, right. From Imagery. Stab, from I like stab. that. And he talks to Clementine, and she 
is talking to him. Um, he says that she's perfect, but he has a girl back home. Right. Now, can I go with, I'm going to go against my theory and then go back towards it because this also is problematic. Okay, go ahead. In this scene, Clementine is acting like she's the madam. Because she says, we can find another girl who will be your type. Correct. As if she is in charge. Which Correct. we know they just switched them over. Correct. But we saw how quickly they can switch them over. We know Maeve has had other storylines. How do we know Clementine has not played the madam in other storylines previously? Especially when they can switch her over so quickly without yeah. her still having that backstory. Well, right. She could have certainly played the madam before. I think, I think if we want to get real cute with divisiveness in our plots... And you're being real careful as a writing team. You have to say she's done it before. If you if if the man in black theory is real, then right. they have to say they've done it before. Tim, that that is a clue that it's possible that it it's right. And, and it could have been a red herring to throw you off a little. Of course, and and it makes sense that if they could just flip a switch and suddenly Clementine is the madam mm -hmm. without having to reprogram anything, it being that simple. That might be that simple because she's played that role before. And they mentioned she's played that role before. She's done it before, exactly. they said. And I think that's, you You say that to insulate yourself from the fuckery. Right, because I'm, I'm just saying it's possible. We just saw her switch to Madam again. So it, you could say, well, this proves it's on the current timeline. Right. But we know she's played the Madam before. Which is why they said it. They're dropping these hints for us. They're throwing a real red herring at us. I am buying it hook, line, and sinker until so the day I can't anymore. So you still think the Man in Black is William? Yes, I okay. do. And I'm going to, I love it. And I'm sticking with it forever. I don't care. And I don't care that they're wearing the same dresses, everybody in the chat. If somebody says that again, I'm going to be mad. Yeah. Well, here's one thing I do like. That's the one interesting thing is that style never really changes, right? For Westworld. That's what I it's wrote static, in the chat. It's a static time period. It's not, that's when you can get real, real, real neat with isolating your timeline. Where is this taking place and when it doesn't matter because this is always 1876. Exactly. Always going to be the same shit they're wearing. Chat room, listen. Dean agrees with me. No, I'm just, um, I'm talking both up here. But here's what I will say. I am intrigued at the thought that William is the man in black because, boy, what an arc. That's what I'm excited about. Watching him going from being super good to being super evil. Yeah. I'm really high on this. I, I'm going to be proven wrong so quick, but I don't even care. I'm just going to. Now, there's a lot of people who think the man in black has been there. He's been going there for 30 years. Um, and he was there when the last malfunction happened. So it's possible that we're going to see some crazy malfunction happen, which is what causes him. Do you see what I'm saying? Is the malfunction going to affect William? Perhaps. Which begets the man in black. Perhaps. Guess we'll see. It all seems to be connected. Possibly. And we're I we, know well, everyone listen, says the original we robots things, were weird, but we also don't know how long Westworld has been open. We connect things that we want to connect as well. It's like, your grandmother right. loved you. Oh, yes, she did. But, she was very sad one day when you didn't come to see her. Yeah, that's right. Of course. You so, make connections where so, you want to make So them, here's what I want to say. So the old robots move differently. We saw the Wild Bill Hickok. He moved differently. Great. We, we understand that. Wild Bill Hickok was an old robot. He sucked. They put him in storage. But guess what? 30 years ago, Dolores was a fucking robot, and she looks pretty fucking good. She's pretty good. We don't know how old Wild Bill Hickok was. Right. Right? Right? That could have been their first introduction and they spent five years and they had shitty robots and then they got better and better and better and better. Did we see anybody do a reverie in any of these scenes with William? Did we see, you know, Clementine do her thing where she touches her lip? Because I didn't. Just saying. Mm -hmm. And also that gold prospector, he seemed a little jerky to me. Like I, in my mind, jerky. I saw that he could have been an old robot, but that is obviously me just reading into it. But I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. I like it. 
Um, is William lying about having someone at home or did you just not know what to tell her? Do you think he's trying to be kind? I think he has he someone has... at home. Okay. And I think this is going to turn into some backstory somehow. Okay. Or maybe he had somebody at home. Maybe this is like what John Locke, when he had the girlfriend, she broke up with him and then he just calls her late at night and he's like, oh, you know, Katie Seagal. Let's talk about the uh, control here where Lee goes to see the new hosts. He's not happy. He has a fucking British meltdown. Yeah. Yeah. Because his nose is too big. Like Starts what's so bad with a big over. nose? Teresa and Lee talk about his request for 50 hosts. He needs them for his new storyline. Teresa asks no. support even approve the storyline. And, and she tells him he can only have 20. Right. Too. They're not, because for him to get new hosts in, they have to take old hosts out of commission. Right. And she says they are not taking 50 hosts out of commission. Yep, 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 yep. That's why there's so much talk about um, um, uh, dropping Maeve, because they need to drop some of them. So. Right. So, uh, Ford and the little boy. Oh, yeah. He's on a holiday. Right. My father used to say that only boring people get boring. I used to think it was only boring people who don't feel boredom, so can't conceive of it in others. I love the little boy. My they, dad says that, too. Oh, honey, that's because you're an Anthony Hopkins robot, and you're him when he was a little boy. That's why your dad said the same thing, because your dad is the same person. Do you find when you're watching this that you ask yourself every time you see a character you haven't seen, is that a host or a guest? 100%. And I, the second he said, my dad says this, and Anthony Hopkins says, my dad said the same thing. I said, you're a little Anthony Hopkins Jr. robot. Yep. Right away. Yep. I, I knew who what he was. Nice. Uh, Men in Black and Lawrence. So, Lawrence, do you have any idea who I am? Men in They're Black friends, he says. stops and offers Lawrence water. What do you think of that? That is, a, a, again, these are the subtleties that I think are important in this show. Yes. The Man in Black has been coming here for 30 years, so he says. Mm-hmm. And he talks about a lot. He talks about, he, he reminds us that he has knowledge because of his repeated visits to Westworld. He talks about it. He knows that they are not real people, but he still stops and gives him water. He has developed a relationship with these people, specifically Lawrence, and he makes that very clear. He says, we are friends. Later, he talks about how he knows everything about Lawrence, what he likes to drink, what he whistles when he's going to shoot somebody or whatever the hell he says. Sure. The man in black obviously has a very close relationship with this specific host. Right. And close does not necessarily mean good. No, but I feel like they I feel like when he says we're friends, I believe that. Right. I actually think they do have a good relationship, the two of them, or have in the past. Or maybe he played this narrative out so far that they became friends. And then when he came back and started it again, this guy's like, I don't know you. Oh, yes, and he's because- like, but you're about to, because I've done this fucking, I've, I've played this level before. Think about it like an Xbox game. Exactly. Like, I know everything about this guy. I fucking reloaded. I went back to my old save point. I'm doing it all over again. I already know everything that the fucking innkeeper's going to say to me. We have a relationship. You just don't know it yet. Just like he said to Dolores in the right. first episode. It's like this relative time travel. It's so weird. It, it's really interesting because, yes, he has played out this story with Lawrence probably multiple times or played out different stories with Lawrence. And he has clearly had a close, friendly relationship with him. Right. But never knew that he had a family. Right. Because that is information someone like Lawrence would keep private. One of the things we're talking about in the chat, Kelly B saying, yeah, he killed Lawrence's wife. Nice friend. Well, well, he's not a nice guy. But, but Junkfish brings up another good point by saying, yeah, for a day. And that's a great point. You fucking blow these people away. You come back the next day, they're all back. Right. It's not like when they reset, when they reset the very next day. Um, and that's, you know, that's how obviously the man in black sees it at this point. He's been coming for 30 years. So anyway, they get to Lawrence's home. You know, I hunted down Ghost Nation tribes. But but there's something too. I, I gotta say something about them switching over the next day. 
is that possible? Because I feel like some of these storylines play out for longer than one yeah, day. Yeah, I'm sure. I think different hosts have different. Yeah, I think I Dolores think so. wakes up and relives the same day over and over and over and over and over again because that's what we've seen. But we've also seen other hosts where it seems like it's different. Um, like when they talked about Hector, they were like, we're going to move Hector's storyline sure. up a couple of weeks. Sure. Which means that Hector's storyline takes more time. Right. And I feel like perhaps Lawrence's storyline may play out over more time. I feel like their storylines play out over different periods because I bet people stay in rest world for different periods of time. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess that that is the case. Yeah. We don't know about. That's the how, only way it makes sense. Right. And that's why they were very careful to have William and in, in, in Lone Star is saying the timing of the whole park is an issue. Maybe, but maybe not this, this lends back credence to the is William, the man in black, because now we can separate them. We, unless we see the man in black interact with William, it's still a strong theory. Until we see that, it's a strong theory. 100%. Right? And that's what he's saying. It's not like Disneyland, where you have people show up every day and go through this whole thing. You have this set storyline in motion. You have a group of guests who must come, and then they can't come. They go to a different part of the park. They participate. We know that this place is massive. Right. There's different storylines all over the park. We know that people come and go and come back to do different things because Logan talks about that. We know the man in black has been coming for so long. Yes. And like Daniel saying in the chat, if storyline isn't activated, it resets the next day. Correct. And that's what we if saw. If it isn't activated. Right. Okay. That, right. That, that's that, what we've that, seen. that I like. So if it's activated, it can go on for God only knows how long, basically till the person who's activated it to, leaves the to park. its end. Yeah, to its ending. Then they go to bed that night and they wake up the next day. Right, and it's, okay. in, and it's uh, important thank you. to know I appreciate that. that you know, here's where, here's, here's where it gets a little confusing. So say you show up and you take that Civil War thing, and then there's another human who's like, we can do whatever we want, and he rides out to your storyline. Can he interrupt it? Um, it's like World of Warcraft. Like, I'm going on yeah. a raid. Can some randos jump in and like interact with us? And, I think so. Yeah. I do. They could I, fuck up your whole vacation then. Yeah, but If I, they were being douche wagons. But there's no way for it to, them to not be able to. Yeah, we don't. Again, these like, are the logistics we don't really know, and we just have to assume they've ironed out over thirty years. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like you said, he's talking about familiarity. That's what I like about this place. All the things I didn't know. Yeah, and Lawrence I never is knew upset. you had a family. Lawrence is upset. He knows where he is. He knows what's going to happen. He knows this is bad news, even though he doesn't remember the man in black. Right, and the man in black is hurt that he was Lawrence's friend for so long and didn't know he had a family. Yes. Interesting, right? Right. Which makes me think they really did have a, a pretty personal relationship at some point. Yeah. Which we're going to see. But he talks about, when you know why this it. beats the real world? Because the real world is chaos and accident. Every detail adds up here. Even you. He asks says. him about the maze. He wants to know where the entrance is. He asks his him, wife and daughter are here now too. Right, while loading his pistol. This is very menacing. Mm-hmm. He calls out the man pouring whiskey for alerting Lawrence's cousin. Then shoots the man. Blows him across the fucking yard. And he gives, at what point does he give the two bullets to the daughter? It doesn't matter, but we know that that's what he does. Okay. Um, All but two bullets he loads. Correct. Obviously one for the wife and daughter. Um, Or for whatever, because he says you can choose. We get a quick look in on Stubbs who says that man gets everything he wants. Because they're like, should we delay him? Do we need to? And that's where the control matters. If you see a rowdy group that might interrupt another group of vacationers, maybe that's where Stubbs comes in. He says, let's delay him. Let's let's set him off on another path so they don't run into group B. We don't the Japanese businessmen, fucking they've paid us a lot of money. These two guys that are here, they didn't pay us as much. We don't want them. They're rowdy. We don't want them to interrupt our Japanese businessman party. We're right? gonna push them off. Yeah, let's push like, him off and distract him with a different type of hook. So maybe that's how they control it. I I I, I like that. That makes sense. If someone's gonna do something and really fuck somebody else up, if people are being totally out of control, they can shut it down. They have that power. Mm-hmm. Clearly, they can walk right in and do whatever they want. We've seen them shut down 
hosts and take him away and do whatever. But it's very clear. This guy is VIP. Right. He gets whatever he wants. Lawrence talks about his cousins who are starting to surround the, which is fascinating. This man gets anything he wants. Mm-hmm. Why? We're going to find out when did William does whatever he does. Did he help the park? Did he, did he, who knows? Lawrence talks about his cousins who are starting to surround the man in black. You don't understand, Lawrence. I've been coming here for 30 years. In a sense, I was born here. That's an interesting clue. And that this is exactly why I come. He says before he kills anyone. Yeah, in a sense, I was born here, which again I think fits in perfectly with the theory. Does right. it not? If it we changed, see this nice, kind, fucking correct. sweet little dude come in, and he's going to become the man in black at Westworld. Right. This whole different person. Um, Lone Star is saying the biggest flaw in the theory is the tech guy. Unless he's a robot, he clearly wouldn't be aging or in the same position. But we're not seeing the tech guy interact with William. No, not at all. We're seeing the tech guy interact with the man in black, which is what a guy we've already established. Yeah, who is in our current timeline, not our not past timeline. We have not seen timeline. any tech people interact with William, which makes the whole theory still hold up. Yep. We Until saw, we see Bernard or somebody talking to William or, or, or addressing of, William, then it still holds up because right. we are already established the man in black is around. Right. That, that, that this is the tech crew for the man in black at his current age. Yes, correct. Yes. So moving right along. He kills a bunch of mofos. He fucking blows them away. It's beautiful. All the cousins who came to help. So he presses him for information on the entrance. Um, He takes out the second wave of guys. The men in black starts to dance with Ellen. This is really fucking creepy. He's a bad person. He talks about how he sees the cracks. That's why he likes basic emotion. Uh, When you're suffering, that's when you're most real. The daughter gets real computer-like after he blows away the wife and says, this maze isn't meant for you. The daughter says. Correct. Yes, I like that. I like that there's some setting and, and something he did was a key or or really that they knew this maze information seeing her mother die caused her to kind of be like, I have to tell this thing that I know I know somewhere in my brain. Nice. Um, because she does. She gets the information. My uh, junk fist is full of important information in the chat tonight. This is a detail I care about. Um, the uh, the pistol he uses is an 1861 Lamat revolver. Um, pretty sweet. So uh, Jane Cobb's gun in Firefly. Um, the little girl tells him that did you say this, follow the blood Arroyo to the place. I didn't where the say s- the quote because I did not write okay. that shit down. Follow the blood Arroyo to the place where the snake lay its eggs. You're right over there. Yeah. Sorry. Get water. No. <laughs> follow the blood Arroyo to the place where the snake lay its eggs. What does this mean? We're going to fucking find out. We don't know. Cause I don't know. So Ford and the boy, they discuss mountains and here we are. The boy says nowhere land. Ford says, hardly a name for a place so full. Sorry. Can't you hear the bell? And then the bell just starts. This is pretty wacky, right? Ford he waves. can do that. He can just speak and make shit happen. He, he fucking, is God. Okay. He waves his hand. And stops a rattlesnake. Right. Because he's God. He also fall. says, you see what a bored mind can conjure. I mean, this whole, he freezes the rattlesnake. Rattlesnake. Yeah, and the kid says, is it magic? And he says, everything in this world is magic except to the magician. What's your take on this shit? I love this because I think that he is fucking God. Like, that's what he is. Isn't he the God of Westworld? He's created all these people. He can wave his hand and make it stop. He's the magician. I think that's the point here of this whole introduction of religion into Westworld. Exactly. I like it. I mean, this is a this is a pretty intense thing to have machines believe in something like this. Right. You'd think a machine would be the last person to believe in something that it has no evidence of, right? Right. Your computer doesn't work on promises. Your computer works on programs, deliberate commands and logical functions that are built into it. Just like you would imagine these robots would behave. Right. Now we're introducing something invisible, an invisible sort of magic, a mysticism. 
It's going to be very interesting. Yes. This adds a layer of depth to the show that I cannot wait to explore. Agreed. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, I like he, our reveal that the boy is a robot when he tells him to go home and he says, you're not going to come back here, are you? And he kind of like whirs and he's like, no. He drops his cane and he goes. He's a robot. Yeah, um, and he's Ford. That's Ke- Ford as a kid. Sorry. Kelly B says Blood Arroyo uh, is translated as Red River. Perhaps Odyssey at Red River. Perhaps Ooh. there's a connection here. I like it. Yep. I like this too. I like it a lot. Which maybe hurts your theory? Uh, I guess it doesn't matter. No, it Not doesn't. Really. No, it doesn't. So, Damn it. I like this a lot. There's a lot. We, we could talk about that alone for a half hour. But back to Bernard and Teresa. They're going to bang. Whatever. I yep. don't care. The two wine glasses were set up. I spotted that right away. Yeah, I know. Knock on the door. Teresa and Bernard are fucking. Teresa and Bernard discuss her, his silences, despite the irony of his creations always talking, which is great. Even when there are no guests around. And then he explains it as error correction. They're trying to be more human. They're practicing. I, it's adorable. Wow. And doesn't she say something like, well, like you're practicing right now? Like, is she trying to say he's a robot or he's bad at sex? I don't know. Or he's practicing to have sex with other people that aren't Teresa. I'm not sure. Could have said a lot of things. What's your take on this relationship? Don't care. No? No. You think there's any significance to it or just a throw in? I mean, I hope there's significance to it. I feel like Game of Thrones is smarter than that. But right now, I don't care. Game of Thrones or Westworld? Oh, shit. <laughs> so back to me. Westworld is smarter than that. Now, so some good will come of it. But in the meantime, I don't care. Teen's going to punch me in the face. Elsie examines Maeve. Uh, bumps her perception, emotional uh, acuity up 1.5%. The tech asks her if she dreams. If Maeve dreams, yeah. Because she, she was talking about it. Elsie admits that they would be fucked if these things remembered what we do to them. Mm. Um, she says they do give them the concept of having dreams, specifically nightmares, because if for whatever reason somebody doesn't wipe their memory correctly and they remember something, they explain it away then as it's a nightmare. nightmare. I see. Great, great point. And a really uh, important reveal at this stage of the game so in order to explain away a, a false memory wipe, they program it as a nightmare. Right. Elsie notes also that she has physical discomfort. You will wake up in. Maeve, of course, wakes up in the saloon. This is the new world, she says, and this is the world that you can be whoever the fuck you want. And she's doing a much better job this much time. Better job. Because Elsie likes to make out with robots, so she understands what a Westworld customer wants. Yeah. Junk Fist in the chat says he doesn't get Elsie. I don't either. I'm not into her. Hmm. She looks to me like... I don't know, like a more grown up like Ellen Page kind of like she's cute Elsie and everything, does? but she just doesn't. She freak you out. Why don't you like about her? I don't she know. She, naked no, robots? I don't care. She kisses naked robots, but I also don't understand the point in her character. She's like, nobody's looking. These security cameras are off. Yeah. Come here, Clementine. I just don't get her point Let's per se. Citrusy. And in the first episode when I saw her, I'm like, oh, she's new. And so she's like, oh, my God, let me kiss a robot. But then I'm like, no, she's actually worked here forever. And she knows a bunch of shit. So mm. I'm confused. Yeah. Unless this is a time theory thing. And I can't get into that right now because I don't have time to like do primer again on the show. <laughs> um, she briefly converses with Teddy. He seemed convinced. Maeve recalls learning about how her pussy could earn her uh, a living from a man in Louisiana. Yeah, she did not. The first thing someone said to her was not the quote she kept giving everybody. I also what Which I like what just grab him by the pussy. No, that's what no. they really said to her. Okay. Um, I like that back in the new world, the new approach is working. The guy's really into it. She gives her spiel, but then she hands him off to Clementine because she's the madam. She don't need to fuck him. She'll let somebody else fuck him. She's doing her job. Um, and then she tells Teddy, like, that's really not what the person said to me. Right. This is what was actually said to me. 
my transgressions wash off easier than yours. Hinting that Teddy kills people? I mean, maybe. Perhaps. Cowboy. But this is Cowboy also, um, we're seeing Teddy again in the scene. We've seen him in multiple times hmm. throughout the, what, are you laughing somewhere back to my theory here? I'm just laughing at Teddy. Oh. This fucker just gets killed every I day. I know, he doesn't get killed. Oh, he doesn't get killed in this scene. Yes, he does. Um, So Teddy, again, we have her, him in the bar talking to Maeve like he's done a bazillion times in plot lines we've seen play out multiple times before. But again, we didn't see him when we saw William. But here he is now with Maeve. Right. And obviously a current scene. And then he dies as per use. Yep. Poor Teddy. He's just like, oh God, I don't know. I thought now he was going to be like a- vacation, the guy says. Yeah, that guy's pretty fucked. Later, Maeve is home. Her visions return. She feels pain in her stomach. Uh, uh, which these uh, visions intensify. They're pretty intense. I mean, you get his head bashed in. Uh, and then, of course, she has an encounter with the man in black. This is a very tense scene. I but, love but this. You know what I like about this is that she is terrified. People are being killed by these Native Americans. She grabs her child. She runs to get away from them. And when she gets into the house, it's not these Native Americans who are coming to get her. Mm. It's the fucking man in black. And she shoots him and she cannot kill him. This is so scary. Yeah. And this is him as he looks now. So it's possible that whatever she's remembering didn't happen that long ago. Or like, perhaps you... she's having different memories, like drawing together. Like she's, I don't know. Like 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 moving the players around in her head. Yeah, like she's like, this is a dream. Like she's having memories of past things, but they're intertwining with things that are happening to her currently. Different memories intertwining. I don't know. Maybe this goes against my no, theory, okay? I don't okay? think so, because I think her thinking of him in his current form says something. I mean, this, in other words, this had to happen within the last, call it five years. Okay. That this thing that she's remembering in her mind, this role, this mother at home role could have been what she was assigned to do prior to her Being, current thing. Right? Correct. Because we don't know how long she's been. Well, we know she's been. The, well, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know at all. We have no idea. Because do but, we see Maeve with William? No. Okay. We do not see Maeve with William. That matters. It does matter. I in my head I thought maybe we did, but the more I think about it, the more I, I feel sorry. Because if we you didn't. see Maeve with William, the theory starts to crumble. Totally, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, but we haven't seen that yet. But Maeve could have only been playing this whore for six months, for all we right. fucking know. We know it's recent because the Man in Black looks as he does now. So it's not like scene, he looked yes. like a younger version of himself. Right. So yeah, who knows what's going on? We're gonna find out. But this has to do with his journey to find the deeper levels of the game or something. Or no. Maybe this Maybe was a prior transgression. This is yeah. just him doing his fucking shit that he likes to do all the time, mm -hmm. which is be a bad guy. Mm -hmm. There you go. So. All right. Kelly B says he looked a little younger in her dream. Thanks, Kelly B. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe he did. I like that. So she wakes up. The texts are working on her. They find MRSA. Nice staph infection. Gross. Oh, God. They freak, of course, when she wakes up. She freaks too, grabs a scalpel. Keep your fucking hands off me. She takes off through the facility, and uh, this is quite an experience for her. I like this. I like her interacting in the real world, like really interacting and not knowing where she is and being confused because we've never seen this. Right. You know, it, it's really how freaked out she is, how she doesn't understand, how she thinks she's going to fight for her life, essentially. And then seeing all the robot bodies just everywhere with people working on them. Just being hosed down like like flesh. Like nothing. Nothing. Like flesh. Dead Teddy. I mean, this is important because put yourself in her position. Oh, yeah. It's scary as fuck. You wake up one day, not at your home, not where you're supposed to be, in a foreign environment. And in another room, you see a bunch of your friends dead. This being is hosed scary. Down. That is horrific. It's really scary. So Dolores wakes up. We go back to the first scene. She stops and says, here. And she begins to dig and she finds a pistol. 
of all things. Which we are going to assume is a real gun, not a Westworld gun, correct? I have a feeling. I mean, 100%. Because if not, what's the point? It can't be a Westworld special or there's no point in it. I concur. Lee's pitch on the Odyssey on the Red River. He arrogantly struts around talking about this. Oh my God, he's a douche. I hate him. Like, I don't even like him at all. Uh, He's very proud of it, and Ford simply says, No. I love this (laughs) spot. And and Lee goes, I'm sorry. He says, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. What's the point? Cheap thrills. I'm surprised it's not about giving them what you think they want titillation, horror. They don't return for the obvious or the garish. They come back because of the subtleties. subtleties. They come back because of the detail. They imagine no one ever noticed it before. And you know what I, I love about this too for my theory, not my theory, the theory I stole from the internet that I'm obsessed with, is as he's giving this monologue about why they come back, it is turns into a voiceover of William getting ready to leave his first trip at Westworld with his bro. Right. And... We see a scene that we've seen a million times before. Dolores drops her cannon and it rolls. And we saw Teddy there to swoop up and pick it up. We've seen the man in black there to swoop and pick it up. And now we see William. Mm, interesting. Neither of them is there, but William is. And he picks it up and like tips his cap. And it's like her interaction with the man in black. I feel like that's what he did to her. And he's like, oh, Dolores, you know, here we are. I don't got time for this today. As if he's done it a million times in the past when he's beat Teddy to it. Mm. And maybe this is the first time he ever did it. Just saying. And this is where, of course, Ford is saying right before that, they are looking for a glimpse for who they could be. And our assumption is that is a good thing. But Logan, when talking to William, has already hinted at, I want to see the fucking guy I know you can be. Which comes back to, is William going to become this corrupted man in black? I hope so. So the only thing the story tells me, Lee, is who you are. Is there anything you like about it? And he's like, what size are those boots, bitch? (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, Ford and Bernard head out. He decides to show Bernard this, which there's a lot of trust there. They have a good relationship. Something I've been working on for some time, something quite original. Yeah, because Bernard says that Ford promised a new storyline and people are going to be upset. And he's like, oh, they're going to have a new storyline. Don't you fucking worry. Boom. It's called The Story of God. Yeah. Awesome. And I'm going to play ending. him. Boom. Cut to, the bl- cut to black. Episode over. What a great way to end it. What a huge opening. Massive cathedral doors opened into a whole new realm of possibility here yeah i like it a lot i like this a lot too so we're going to get to our final thoughts in just a moment but before we do that i think we are going to get to some um listener comments about westworld so why don't we get that going jessica oh god i had a hard time reading the comments because a lot of people posted pictures of milk and it was really upsetting well i'll read first floyd fry emailed us This episode easily could have been the premiere episode, but much like our fictional Sweetwater, the makers of Westworld are crafting such a rich and complex world that we probably needed two hours to really get into some of the marrow that will eventually be in this show. Points of interest. One, is that little boy a recreation of Ford himself or a newcomer? Hmm. He mentioned that his dad said the same thing. Of course, Jessica pinned this down. Great stuff by Floyd. And then he also says... With Ford mentioning the white church and the cross being shown in the last scene, is this an indication that Ford is planning to introduce religion to this world? I think he does. Does he plan to be God? I think so. I'm answering him. I'm I'm editorializing here. There are very interesting arcs that could come from this. AI is trying to make moral choice. Always good stuff, Mr. Fry. Thank you very much for taking the time to write in. Jessica, who would you like to read? I'm going to read Marcos Pierre Rios, who did not say anything about milk. I think that's Lone Star. Is that oh, Lone Star? Is it? Tell I think me Lone so. Star. Yeah, it's Lone Star. Um, he says, I loved it, and I now realize how many rabbit holes this series could go down. 
They could do an entire season on the repair techs and the cleanup crew inside the lab. Who wouldn't watch that show? I love seeing the entire orientation process. And whoa, that first host was hot. If I had one prediction this season, I think we lose Anthony Hopkins and Ed Harris this season. Let's face it. Those guys are way too expensive. Yeah. I agree. I would like to do one more. Uh, Blind Danny Johnson. Oh, I thought about doing that one too. I was confused by the Men in Black's line, this is why I come here, before killing all the guys in the village as it basically played out like a video game with a cheat on. He was never in any danger and he knew it. Where's the excitement for him? Question mark. We know he's been coming for 30 years and he wants to find a deeper level to it because he's bored? Question mark. I also wonder if the maze refers to the main facility where Ford builds the robots and runs the park. And that's where the man in black wants to go to cause havoc? Question mark. Good stuff. And then I'll read one oh, final one thing. Oh, I have one more too, Oh, okay. Though. Go ahead. Great stuff. Thank you for that, Mr. Blind Andy Johnson. This has nothing to do with my theory about um, William being about, man in black. But that's where okay. are you from? Toronto? From Massachusetts. Okay. Nolo Rodriguez says, Nolo. A friend and I have a theory that the man in black is actually one of the original hosts that might have went berserk during the incident 30 years ago and was rebuilt, reprogrammed to think he is a guest, yep, complete with guest that. privileges, not dying. When he was killing everyone at the cantina, Westworld Tech came up to Ashley, lesser known Hemsworth bro, Stubbs is his last name, which is what we call him, and said, this guest took down an entire posse. Want me to slow him down? His response was, that gentleman gets whatever he wants. Well, doesn't everybody get what they want anyway? How do you slow a guest down? Does an android tell them, hey, dude, we know you paid a shitload of money, but can you limit your depravity to one rape, a few orgies, and maybe five or so killings per day? <laughs> this led me to believe that only a small group at Westworld really know the man in black's true identity and purpose. His purpose, in my opinion, is to play the role of Satan in Ford's twisted version of being God. He wants to see if this android can develop a consciousness and free will against their original programming. The cross at the end confirmed it for me. Also, can the maze lead the man in black back to heaven, a.k.a. the control room. Mm. Sunday school flashback. Satan was the highest of all the angels, but he wasn't happy. He desired to be God and rule the universe. God cast Satan out of heaven as a fallen angel for committing the first original sin, pride. The first episode was entitled The Original. Can Dolores, Armistice, Maeve, mm. and Teddy be our four horsemen? Hmm, feel free to shoot holes in this theory. I'm gonna shoot holes next. I'm real high on William being the man in black, but I actually do like this theory, especially since we know religion is going to soon. Nolo Rodriguez. Nice work, Nolo. Especially since we know religion is going to soon play a huge role. I I do think this is another theory that could, in a way, hold some serious weight. Awesome. If mine is not true. I mean, imagine if you could sit back and be the creator of religion and watch this play out. I mean, that's Ford has to be. I mean, just cream in his old jeans. Oh, for sure. Right? Just blowing holes in those wool pants. For sure. Yeah. I just went back to the chat and people are talking about Serbian film. Like, Jesus Christ, chat room. All right. What Final thoughts on Chestnut. Yeah, they're savages. They're a bunch of animals. A bunch of wild jackals in there running around. Uh, what's your uh, final thoughts, Jess? I'm really excited for the next episode. Like, really, 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 really excited. I'm more excited for episode three than I was for episode two, to be honest with you. Because I feel like we're really going to get into some good shit. I love the previews for like what's coming this season on Westworld. It looks like it's going to be super fucking awesome and exciting. And I just I just think there's such a wealth of stuff that they can do with this show. And I love that there's so many theories and things going on out there. I love shows like this when there's so much discussion about all this. It's really just the best that there can be. Like mm. I'm, I'm really I have high hopes. I have really high hopes for the show. And so far, so good. So far, so good. That's what I'm going to say. I, uh, I want more. I was very excited after watching this episode. I think it did a good job of introducing a lot of new elements for us to wrap our head around and to think about. 
And um, boy, this is uh, there is a lot going on in Westworld, and uh, this is going to be a fun fucking series to cover. So thank you guys for stopping in. We're sorry we're dropping this later than we normally like to. It's been a week. Um, it's and, been a uh, week. We'll, for we'll sure. try to make sure we get this stuff in the beginning of the week versus the end of the week like this. We apologize, but always check schedule.liberatorygeek.net. That's schedule.liberatorygeek.net. We will post as soon as we know. We will post there. Um, if you're not following us on Facebook, we have our own Westworld uh, group page where people hang hang out and chat and stuff, um, which you can find pretty simply by going to oh oh, oh pause ooh, pause. It is West, uh, Facebook.com slash groups slash LSGWW. So LSG Westworld. Uh, so Facebook.com slash groups slash LSGWW. You have to be approved, but we'll approve you as long as you're not uh, some random person from India that belongs to 297 groups because then you're a fucking spam bot. All right, we're out of here. You guys have a good one. Bye, guys. Bye.